So, hey, I'm excited today because we're talking about Hebrews, and Hebrews is my favorite book in the Bible, and I hope every barista feels the same way. Yeah, I'm going to crack a little joke up in here. No. Ha, 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 ha. Um, I'm going to say just a little, just a little background on Hebrews here. Um, you know, nobody really knows who the author is. You know, some people are, like, convinced it was Paul. Others are like, no, it was Apollos. Some even believe it was a female, Priscilla, um, Luke. They don't know. One day we'll find out who wrote the book, and we'll be like, dang, I was off. And I was off by a lot of other things I thought I knew. And then, uh, you know, it's a good day. Everything gets cleared up for us in that day, you know. So Jesus makes sense to me. You know, sometimes believers bite down super hard on certain doctrines and certain things. I'm like, do we really need to? You know, and the more that you study the early church and other things, you recognize, wow, people thought a lot differently, yet they still lived together, did life together, loved Jesus together. Is that amazing that we can think differently but still love God together? Wow. You can look differently, vote differently, even have thoughts on really heavy topics, yet still love God and be a church. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Um... The series title, it's up there. Abby, killing it on the graphic. But Jesus is better. And the whole focus on this book, which is why it's my favorite book, it's really on the person Jesus. It's on who he is, what he's done, how he established the new covenant. There's no book for me in the Bible that has transformed my life more than the book of Hebrews. The Gospels don't really count because it's just like Jesus. Um, and who he is and all those things. But like when it comes to things that were written in letters, this book has transformed my life. And I don't say that lightly. This book has renewed things, the way I thought about God, the way I understood my relationship, the covenant that we're in. A lot of believers, you know, are, are New Testament. We're New Covenant people, yet we still carry a lot of Old Testament and the Old Covenant into the New. And the Bible says, this is not my words, but the letter will kill you. If you try to live your life by the letter, but the spirit will give life. So this letter of Hebrews was written to Jews who had said yes to Jesus, but they had started to drift. And so this author was calling them back, back to Christ. <clears throat> All right. So, Father, I just ask a blessing over this message. God, I ask that you would just remove any distractions from anyone, including myself, and allow us just to zone in on what you want to say to us today. You know, when you come to church, um, always come expecting. Expecting to encounter him. Expecting to hear from him. Expecting for your life to be changed. You just never know what he can do, right? One encounter can flip everything. One word could just redirect something. So if we come open, I promise you Holy Spirit will say something to you today. Because that's just what he does. So in, in, uh, in the book of Hebrews, um, this whole letter is about Jesus being better. <laughs> and, you know, he goes on and he starts here. We'll get into it in a second. Um, but he's really pleading with the people that they would see Jesus, that they would know Jesus, that they wouldn't get distracted by their culture, by their past, See, none of us are Jews in the sense of Hebrews is in Jews, you know, same word, um, from back in the day. 
they were coming out of a long history of the law, of the sacrificial system, of priests, of temple, of things that we can't even relate to, right? Most of us, some of you are like, I grew up Catholic. Okay, maybe a little, I don't know. Um, But most of us cannot relate to how these Hebrews and how these Jews were raised. And so Paul or Apollos or whoever goes after this right at the beginning and he's like, Jesus is better. He's better than the prophets. He's better than Abraham. He's better than Moses. He's better than this old covenant. He's actually established a new covenant. He's better than the priest because he is the only priest now, the high priest, I should say. He goes after angels. He says he's better than angels. He's better than the culture that you guys are coming out of and the culture that's around you. And we may not be Hebrews, but if we're honest, guys, we are all prone to drift and we're all prone to wander away from the person Jesus at times. All right, let's throw up those verses. This is actually kind of challenging for me to read from here. See that laugh, Taylor? You're going to read them now. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually just reading this the other day, so I'm honored to. It's such a good passage. Um, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he, made, when he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Dude, those verses are fire. So good. So hey, it starts off, our God is a God who speaks. Can somebody say amen? amen. Come on. Our God is not a deaf God, a mute God. He's a God who's been speaking for all of eternity. He's a God that will continue to speak. It is the birthright of the church of God to hear the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. What kind of Christianity are we living if it's not from the voice of God? And it says here, you know, he's spoken long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways. Meaning God has been speaking through dreams. God has been speaking through visions, prophets, his written word, all of it. But what I want to get at and what he wanted to get at right here is when he really wanted to get our attention, what he really wants to speak is, look at my son. Look at Jesus. There's no better word than this one word, and it's a person, and its name is Jesus. Guys, I've had a lot of challenging seasons over my life with 20 years of walking with the Lord, financial seasons, relational, a lot of loss with different people and different things coming through. And most of these seasons, you know what I wanted at first, at least? I wanted clarity. I wanted understanding. But you know what I really needed? I needed Jesus. I needed a person. I didn't need a word about direction or figuring this out or why did this happen? My root system in Christ has grown so much by going through seasons 
And instead of getting something I wanted, I got Jesus more. I got relationship more. I got depth more. I got heart to heart. I got connection. I got face to face. I don't think I would have the relationship with Jesus today that I have if I haven't gone through what I've gone through. And I believe that's the same for so many of you. And some of us want out of certain seasons and God's like, I got you in that season for a reason and I'm trying to give you me. And you're like, why? Answer this. And he's like, I'm not going to answer that because I'm giving you me. You know, we had four miscarriages. I've talked, that was a really hard time. During that time, we lost the field of dreams, like to this refinance thing for, for four different times. During that time, my dad's Parkinson's disease kicked in. He's like in stage four or five, really bad. I mean, I could have asked, and I did at times. God, why? But what I found is like that question was not being answered and wasn't even helpful. And the only thing that made sense in that season that still makes sense today is Jesus. You know, and you're not going to convince me it was the will of God for me to lose babies. You're not going to, you know, try to like theology me into certain thoughts like, I don't go there, I'm sorry. Our God's a God of life and life abundantly. But are we in a fallen world? Yeah. Is warfare real? Yeah. Do I understand it? Not at all. Not at all. Do I understand why Daniel prayed and it took an angel 21 days to get to him to answer a prayer? Not at all. Why didn't that just like boom, boom, bam? It was like 21 days we were getting held up. We we're in this crazy war. I mean, if God opened our eyes right now, like he did with, you know, Elijah prayed for this guy, his servant. He's like, check out what I see. It's like this massive like army in the spirit because they were all surrounded. They're about to die. And this angel or this servant was probably like wetting his pants it's like, my, my life's over. And Elijah's like, don't even trip, bro. He's like, whoa. And he sees the army of angel armies. He's like, we good. I wonder what would happen if God just opened some of our eyes right now. Shamala, hamala. You'd be like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is getting wild. I just came to church just to chill. I'm seeing crazy stuff. Expectant to chill, exactly. He's better than angels. I have stories for you I can tell you. Angel talking to me was wild. Seeing things in the spirit, very clear, like open eyes. Not like, you know, oh, I see an angel, which that's real too, but like, no, it was there. Um, he's better. He's so much better. You know, and Adam and Eve, we, they fell to a temptation that we all fall to, right? Instead of wanting to trust God, enjoy God, and worship God, they wanted to be like God. They wanted to know. They wanted clarity. And I'll tell you guys, we have itchy minds. Like, they need to be itched. We got Google. We're just like, and we think that we should know all things. But the reality is, like, we know very little. And that is a good day when you come to this humble place of realizing, I don't know much, especially about the things of the spirit, but I can know this man, Jesus. This is eternal life that you would know him and Jesus Christ and who he has sent. Eternal life is to know God. 
The fullness of life is found in knowing a person. This is for someone. You don't need a new word. You just need Jesus. If you had nods, praise God. Gotcha. (laughs) But you don't. Some of you want a new word from God. Like you don't need a new word. He already gave you a word and it was his son dying on the cross 2,000 years ago. Forgiving you, washing you, cleansing you, renewing you, raising you, brand new in him. Your name is written in the book of life. I don't know, we're going through hard things, but your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That is a good day. I know this world squeezes, but like there's a day you're going to stand before the King of Kings. And so many of these things that were like, oh my gosh, the iPhone upgrade plan. Why don't I have that? Well, these things aren't going to really matter. All right, that wasn't that funny. Okay. Okay, it's a serious group. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. A little laughter in the front. Um, you know, and I'll say this because I love this church. I love to be open to the spirit. I love prophecy. I love visions. I love dreams. But you know that you could really latch onto your visions, your dreams, your prophecy, and you can miss Jesus. And you got to be really careful if you want to go into that stuff, that you actually don't miss the person in the midst of that stuff. And there was this guy that came through this ministry back in the day, had a clear dream, had some words from a Bethel team, convinced, convinced that this woman was his wife because the Lord told him and told me, if God didn't tell me this, he's never told me anything. It didn't work out with that woman and he walked away completely from the Lord because of that. Again, I don't even understand prophetic words in full. I just believe them. But I don't live my life from prophetic words. They're always just confirming things. And when it's way right filled, it's like you're going in the back of the file cabinet. And I'll pull you out when that time's right, if it is right. But I'm not trying to get my life led by prophetic words. I'm trying to get it led by a person. My sheep follow me. Okay, where are we going? Thank you for that confirmation. I needed that. You know I was getting weary. So pursue love. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Especially may prophesy. I mean, I want us to be a body that like hears God for one another and shares. Super encouraging. But you got to be careful you're not living your life off of prophetic words. So the focus of the book of Hebrews over and over will be look at Jesus. Look what he has done. He's better. He's enough. Can we throw those verses back up? Sorry. Guys, these verses are so rich. I mean, honestly, if you just like had a little time, you know, on a little island and you're like, I'm just going to take three verses. These, are, these should be up there. I mean, they're just like, wham, 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 wham. I mean, like, he spoke long ago. Now he's speaking through his son, the heir. What does that mean? It means Jesus is our king of all things. It's saying he spoke the world into existence. He created the world. I mean, I know Demis knows some things with science. I mean, guys, this thing's big. This thing's, like, real big. I don't know how big, but it's big. Like, the galaxies, like, he just spoke. And now he says he upholds it all by the word of his power. 
It's like, if God's like, we done, we're all like, boom. Oh, wow. Wow. But he upholds all things by the word of his power. It's good to have a big God. It's good to have a sovereign God. It shrinks your little problems. The bigger he gets, the smaller problems become. And then it goes on to say, right? Like he forgave our sins. It says something really cool. Oh, it goes on to say he's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact representation of his nature. Never forget this. What does God look like? He looks like Jesus. What does Jesus look like? He looks like God. Guys, the Old Testament types, shadows, people trying to figure things out. When God wanted to reveal himself, he says, I'm coming in the flesh and I'm showing you exactly what I'm like. And Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's no one behind the face of Jesus. It's not like, boo, rah, mean God. You know, it's Jesus is God and he's showing you what the Father looks like. He's tender, he's loving, he's caring, he's with the sinners, he's putting mercy on the prostitute. This is who our God is. The radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature. There's no other God but the God we see in Jesus Christ. You got to nail that thing or you're going to be like, is he good? Is he not? Maybe, kind of, I don't know. I read a lot of things in the Bible about him. He looks like Jesus. He's never looked any different. And then it says, this king of ours, he's seated at the right hand of power. (laughs) Of majesty. He's literally seated. Oh, gosh, I could say so much about that. Guys, okay. All right, let me just say this first. Okay, Psalms 110. Psalms 110. This is good Bible stuff to know. The most repeated verse from the Old Testament that made it into the New Testament. The Lord said to my Lord, the Father said to the Son, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Hello, if this is the most repeated verse, we might want to pay attention. There could be something going on here. God said to God, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Guys, Jesus is seated in heaven. You don't have a king that's all anxious, stressed out, and worried. He's literally took a seat and he's like, we good. (laughs) He's the most non-anxious presence there is. We freak out. He has never freaked out. You're not going to show me a time in the Bible outside of the cross when he's sweating blood because he's about to take on the sins of all humanity that Jesus is ever stressed out. The man was chill, like too chill. Like the chill that's like, take it more serious, Jesus. Why are you going slow and stopping for kids? And people are dying and you're not showing up. Like, get serious. Like, the man was relaxed. This is who Jesus is. He's seated at the right hand of power right now. Not stressed out by what's happening in the world, but praying. 
And I could go deep into that Psalms 110, but like, who is called to bring the enemies under his feet? The ecclesia, the church of God. Through the place of prayer, through the lives we're living, that we're literally bringing enemies under the feet of Jesus. Guys, rest, this isn't mine, but rest is a weapon. But there's no rest in God apart from trusting God, who he is and what he's done. You can never rest until you trust. When we trust him, we can rest in him. But if you don't trust him, you're like, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to take care of things on my own. And God's like, I think I can help you if you would just chill. Just sit down. Let me fight your battles. Let me fight these battles. And I'll show you when I need you to do something. But for the most part, you should just rest. But you'll never rest in God if you can't trust who God is and what he's done for you. You'll constantly be like, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I'm forgiven. And she's like, oh, I died 2,000 years for that. We, we finished that one. That's why I said, it is finished. I wanted you to get that. But you still think you're trying to finish something. Guys, we were designed to live from rest. We were designed to live from trust. I said it last week, trust is our gift back to God. And trust is something you grow. So don't be discouraged. You know, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Who's in that boat? Dang, we got a church full of faith up in here. There's like five of you. The rest of you are believing for the miraculous. Let's go. Revival's coming. Anyway, for us that are growing in faith, um, that's okay to lack faith. You grow in trust. You don't give trust. And that goes in the natural, but that goes in the, the supernatural. But give God time and he'll show you, oh, I'm trustworthy. I'm trustworthy. Do you guys know what the work of God is? Come on, Ryan. That's so good. This guy was like, yo, Jesus, what's the work of God? It's probably like Jesus burgers or like the homeless or like something. And Jesus is like, believe and the one whom I have sent. Guys, the greatest work we can do is just believe, is just trust. Because from that place, things will just flow out naturally. And you'll do it from a place of rest and assurance and not freaking out. Listen to this. I'm almost done here, but this is in Hebrews 10. Um, we'll get there eventually. This, I don't know, man. I'm more of a preacher than a teacher, just straight up with everyone here. Um, so I'm always like preaching for life change. Teachers are so great. I like expanding things and be like, Hey, we're going to go on verse two next week. You know, you're like, wow. Okay. Um, so I'm like a little daunted by this thought of like, these are 13 chapters. I'm like, we'll see. Okay. Hopefully I love this book. Um, but here in 10, you know, seven and a half months from now, um, It says in verse 11, every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Did you catch that? Every priest is doing what? They're standing. 
No priest in the Old Testament would ever sit. The thought of sitting, you're going to die. You better stand. Every priest stands daily, ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But he, talking about Jesus, offered one sacrifice for sin for all time and sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from the time onward until his enemies would be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering, he's perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Some of you have never heard that. By one offering, he's perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. No one has ever told you that, because I know. I went to two churches over sabbatical. I know a lot are like this. I left feeling like, dang, I got to get saved again. One was in Colorado, one was in SB. I was like, dang, I ain't doing enough. This God is hard to live up to. By one offering, the offering of Jesus, he's made you perfect for all time, those who are being sanctified. In the eyes of God, you are perfect. Perfect in innocence, perfect in forgiveness, perfect in righteousness. Some of you need to hear that and stop working for that. You can mature and you can grow in Jesus, but you ain't going to perfect that. He's already perfected by his one sacrifice for you to forgive you, wash you, cleanse you, and make you brand new. And if you went outside and there was a little apple tree, you're not going to be like, you ain't an apple tree. Just because it doesn't have fruit on it and it's only three feet tall, you'd be like, oh, that's an apple tree. Just hasn't produced fruit yet. Some of us are little apple trees. Don't be hard on yourself. He'll grow you. One plants, another waters. Only God can cause growth. You can't even grow yourself. And some of us are like, I'm going to grow. I got a new self-help book. I have a lot of self-help books. I ain't coming down hard. They ain't the season for that, so I might be preaching against it. Um. (laughs) All right.